Welcome to Josh Scanlon Podcast. It is Monday, June 10th, 2019, and I cannot wait to bring this episode to you. It, <laughs> it's our man, Devin Carroll, all things Social Security, our Social Security expert extraordinaire. He will never say that about himself, by the way. I am saying that because Devin, look, he might not know everything or more than anyone else out there, you know, all the big, you know, provocators of Social Security, but he knows how to explain it better than anyone I've ever seen. And partly maybe because I'm a visual learner and he does it with visual aids, i.e. through YouTube. Uh, but man, it's just so, I cannot share with you how much I've learned from old Devin. It's uh, it's nuts. Uh, just the way he does it, the way he explains it, for me, it just sunk in. Like the, if you asked me what the GPO was versus WP, I'd have no idea. And I came across Devin, I think, 18 months or so ago. And uh, look, I've been a CFP for over almost 15 years. Yeah, 15, you know, 15 years, something like that, since 2005. Uh, I have had a master's degree in financial planning going on 10 years. Uh, yeah, 10 years now, roughly. And I've been a student in the business for a long time. But Social Security is something that just, I just, I, it seemed easy to understand until you got in the, uh, until you got knee deep in the weeds and you're like, uh, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, to be perfectly honest with you. And and it's, it's actually quite sad and scary, frankly, how many people are the, I, you know, I was talking to a client in Texas and they get a Morgan Stanley guy and the Morgan Stanley guy's like, a lot of people don't know Social Security because uh, they're leaving this guy because they don't want to pay one and a quarter on this. Uh, the husband's 1.5 million anymore. You should understand that you still get two thirds of your pension with Social Security. And he doesn't, he just doesn't know what he's talking about. The GPO, the government pension offset is actually, you don't get two thirds of your pension uh, for the government pension offset uh, for survival or spousal benefits. So in this case, she won't get anything because of GPO. And anyway, I didn't know that either. If you would ask me that you know, probably two years ago, I'd have no clue, none whatsoever. I would have probably thought the windfall elimination provision uh, was a survivor benefit. It's not, it's GPO. Now, how would you know that just every day, Joe? I, you know, you got to look at somebody like Devin or me. You know, I belong to uh, Elaine Floyd's Horses Mouth uh, Savvy Horse Social Security Planning, which is helpful. Uh, that's more for professionals like Larry Kotlikoff. He does a lot of Q&A on, uh, on Forbes. Uh, but Devin's the number one guy. I mean, the guy just knows what he's talking about. And the irony of it all is uh, similar to my experience. Uh, he looked back and he said, a lot of people don't know this. I don't know it. I need to bone up on it. And uh, he was able to carve out a niche for it. I think it's great, and especially with Social Security and Medicare. You think about how many financial advisors don't know anything about that stuff. And yet the funny thing is everyone has Social Security and Medicare, everyone. And if they don't have it, they don't have it for a reason they might not be aware of. GPO, for instance. Uh, but windfall elimination provision, even if uh, you know, you're a retired teacher or whatnot, I mean, if you have the WP, the most you're going to lose is 454 bucks. I mean, and you can still get that with a certain amount of substantial earnings, which I won't get into here. But I mean, there's still ways around it. You can get Social Security even if you if you have a government pension. So anyway, it's just uh, Devin has been a uh, just a breath of fresh air for financial planning on YouTube. I wish more people would do uh, financial planning and less investment silliness. Um, you know, the couple guys on investment stuff, which I enjoy. I like my man, Jeremy, over financial education. He's a stock jock. Uh, my man Dustin over at Jazz Wealth, he's not stock jock. He's more wanting to be a trader, and he'll be there at some point. There's just not that much financial planning, um, which I find to be uh, – I, I just it's, that's not the right answer. A lot of insurance guys out there because they're not regulated the same way as uh, licensed financial advisors are, so they can you know say stuff that they might not otherwise would able to say if they're a licensed securities 
uh, sellers, and that's not good or bad. It just is. So anyway, uh, I think you'll enjoy this from Devin. Uh, just a good guy. His story is pretty interesting, actually. Just I thought his wife must have been a teacher, his mom or something like that in Texas. That's why he had to learn about Social Security. It's actually completely opposite. It was a business decision. He's like, look, I got to bone up on Social Security uh, because that's my one way I can uh, basically generate more business. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. And then it's worked work like a charm for him, for sure. Um, man, I just love it. Hope you find this enjoyable. You can always find Devin, D-E-V-I-N-C-A-R-R-O-L-L, Devin Carroll. Find him on YouTube, uh, Facebook. He's got his own uh, podcast. Uh, what's his uh, Social Security Intelligence, I think. is it. Social Security Intelligence is the name of his website, is my, if I recall. And I think you get a lot of this. All right. So I appreciate you listening through uh, the the, um, the sponsors I got here, my friends. Thank you much for doing that. So if you can listen through them and engage them. Uh, it helps me immensely. If you find this video or if you, uh, podcast helpful, give me a five-star rating on uh, on whatever you find at iTunes and whatnot. Um, and certainly leave comments as well. And find me on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash heritagewealthplanning. Uh, lastly, I would be remiss if I did not say that the Bruins did pull one out last night. Uh, the Blues looked, I the Blues looked good. I was uh, seemed like like my son said, it seemed like the Blues had magnets on their sticks because the puck kept finding them, uh, but they couldn't find the back of the net. And if you can't find the back of the net, they found it once, and that didn't even find the back of the net just barely went over the goal line. But if you can't find the back of the net, you're not going to win. And uh, the Blues look good. They looked like they had a step up ahead of the your Bruins. And yet the Bruins somehow were able to uh, uh, to take away. And now we got game seven of the first time in 35 years to the day when the Celtics beat the Lakers in game seven in the Boston. So it's the first game seven in Boston literally in 35 years uh, to the day, June 12th, uh, whatever, 30 was that, 1984. So uh, to say I'm stoked is the understatement of the year. Uh, they, they, I'll be I'll be recovering from my <laughs> rotator cuff surgery, so I'm sure I'll be kind of loopy with all the dope they give me. Uh, so, <laughs> so I've happened to jump on a podcast, a stock darkest smack. Tell me, say, hey, delete that or something like that, because uh, I don't think I will be. But I can't wait. Wednesday, June 12th, man, Game 7, Boston and St. Louis in the uh, TD Garden. Oh, it's going to be awesome. So if you aren't a hockey fan, now is the time to become one, because uh, – Sometimes Game Sevens become uh, pretty painful to watch. I know the Caps and the Penguins played a couple Game Sevens, and, and the Penguins just you know took it to them. It was just boring. But some are intense as can be, and especially. I hope. I mean, I hate to say this. I hope it goes to overtime. Uh, overtime in Game Seven is uh, the Stanley Cup Final, not the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Stanley Cup Finals is uh, is is just man. <laughs> That'd be insane. I wouldn't be able to watch. I'll tell you that right now. It'd be too intense for me. But that just would be, it'd be insane. So let's go Bruins, man. Let's bring this one home. Let's bring this one home. So, all right, stay tuned. We'll listen for Devin, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, now. All right, folks, I can't tell you how awesome this is. I got our everybody's favorite YouTube guy when it comes to Social Security, and hopefully more, Devin Carroll on the, the Josh Stanley podcast today. And this, uh, if you don't know Devin, you're going to know him. If you don't know Devin and Social Security is something you're thinking about, uh, you're making a big mistake uh, for sure. I'll put links to the show notes for all his stuff. But, man, uh, Devin, I, I simply can't tell you how much of a role he's played in my own knowledge of Social Security. And, and we're just going to talk. Whatever comes to mind, we'll certainly talk about Social Security. But, Devin, welcome on board, man. Uh, tell us, just say anything you want to introduce, by all means, take it away, man. Well, thank you, Josh. You're you're um, you're embarrassing me. I, uh, I don't know. Let, let me let me recover from my red face here for a moment before I go on. 
Well, we're not it's on not, video this not, time, Devin, so we can't see your red face. <laughs> yeah, that, okay, good. Well, you're you're uh, you're making me seem like a much bigger deal than I really am. You know, I'm so I'm just a financial planner that knows as much about Social Security as any financial planner should know. Should know. Yeah, there you go. I like it. Well, that's mm-hmm. a lot, right? There, there's a lot in Social Security that that we should know, but it's a program that gets ignored. I practiced for ten years as a financial planner <laughs> without knowing almost anything about Social right. Security. And it wasn't until a friend of mine and the co-host of my podcast, Big Picture Retirement, came on to me uh, one time. This was probably 2010 or 11. Okay, okay. And he said, Devin, um, what do you know about – and he started listing some stuff off with Social Security. And I just looked at him kind of blankly. I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> I'd heard about some of the other stuff, windfall elimination provision, government pension offset. But I thought, listen – if someone is interested in Social Security, they must not have a lot of money. I don't need to learn that program. I only need to ah, learn about stuff that yep. relates to people who have a lot of money. Yep, yep. And boy, was I ever wrong. And after he left, I was a little bit embarrassed because here an attorney had walked in and knew more about Social Security than I did. I dug in, and there was something about it. It was like a fish nibbling on that line. Yeah. Once I dug in, there was something about it that hooked me. And I think initially, I think initially it was the thought that, you know, Devin, not only do you not know this, but I've never met another financial planner that knows this stuff either. Yeah. You yeah. could carve yeah. yourself out a little niche here, which is ridiculous to say that. You know, you could carve yourself out a niche dealing <laughs> with the topic. That's a retirement right. income that, on average, gives forty percent of a retiree's income to them. And how is that? It a affects niche? almost everybody. It affects everybody. Right. How could that be a niche? It's crazy. Right. But I dug in, and uh, I knew at the time that if I was going to survive in this business, I just made a transition from the big firm where I spent my first okay. eight nine years. And I just came over to independence, and, and it was going okay, but now I was sitting here going, okay, how do I grow this thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was looking at this thinking, well, this could be how I could start speaking on Social Security. And uh, so I took the – and I never, never once up until that point had I ever hosted a seminar and talked by myself. It had always been through one of these – product partners or these wholesalers with the mutual fund companies or somebody like yeah. that that had come in and, and you know, put on the dog and pony show with the free meal and all of that. I had never right. done one myself. I was scared to death, but I scheduled my first Social Security seminar before I even really knew any of the material. Really? And this is now 2011 by this point, roughly? This is 2011. Okay. And you've been in the business since uh, going on 10 years at this stage. That's right. Getting close to 10 and, years at that point. And before and, that, you're just bringing the wholesalers with the, you know, I get the the, the freaking surf and turf stuff, you know, selling annuity products. Now you're it. sitting there saying, oh, yeah. okay, I'm going to do, th- oh, yeah, right. That's, yeah. Uh, that's nerve-wracking, man. Okay. Oh, I was scared to death. And if, if I remember the date correctly, I scheduled my seminar for August 26th, but I scheduled it back in May. Okay. So I had a family vacation in front of me. Yeah. 
uh, and I had a Boy Scout. So I was a Scoutmaster at the time. Okay. And so I printed off all of this information that I thought I needed to know to be able to stand up there and, and talk. And I took it on both the family vacation and on the Boy Scout mm-hmm. summer trip where we were going for a week to camp or in, uh, on the beautiful Buffalo River in Jasper, Arkansas. If you've never been to the Buffalo mm-hmm. River, it's a national river. Absolutely beautiful. But I'm getting away from my topic here. So I was up there for the entire week studying about Social Security, and I had this thing scheduled. And I tell you what, I had my first seminar, August 26th, or thereabouts. Right. Right, right. I had around 30 people show up. No kidding. How'd you get the people? Did you send a mailer out or something like that, or, or what? At the time, now this was going back a while, you know, this was uh, still newspaper, right? Yeah, okay. Then okay. Put an ad yeah. in the newspaper, which which is just crazy, just a few short years later to think about that. But uh, put it? an ad in the newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, okay. And then when I saw those people come, not only did I realize that that what I thought was true, but I recognized there was a hunger for it. Yeah. They weren't getting the information they needed. There was no good source of information. So, you know, they can't they couldn't go to the Social Security Administration and get accurate uh, advice. No, right. Couldn't go to their financial planner and get accurate advice. They were left to the internet. And if you look at the Social Security's website, right? <laughs> there's over a hundred thousand pages indexed. <sighs> SSA.gov. Yeah. So much of that information seems to be conflicting, and you can't parse out what pertains to you and what doesn't. It's it's a mess. It really is, man. It's horrible. And it just took off from there. So how'd that first thought, seminar go? So you got thirty people that showed up. Do they ask any questions that you're like, uh, you know, <laughs> like I don't know. Oh, I, I'm sure they did. Uh, I remember getting quite a few of those questions in the first several uh, seminars, you know, questions that I just didn't yeah. know the answer to. And, you know, I wouldn't try to bluff my way through that either. I, right. wouldn't, no, right, right. I didn't have any problem saying, I don't know. Uh, and, right. you know, what's funny is to this day, I'll still run across things and go, what? I didn't yeah. know that. Sometimes seemingly simple things, too. But had that workshop, had a few more and um, and I thought that I was going to use Social Security to grow a, a local audience. And it just didn't really work out that way because I got bored pretty quickly with speaking to local groups. And I thought, man, Okay, I so you started building that, and then you said, yeah, I, I just yeah, this isn't doesn't get me fired up like it initially did. No, the, the local stuff didn't. Yeah, okay. Because what I what I started enjoying was getting down into the nuance of the rules and, and figuring some of this stuff out. So I did start doing some some workshops for teachers okay. in Texas, as I believe in your state. Some of the school districts in your state, in Georgia, yep. they don't yep, participate exactly. in Social Security. Well, here in Texas, Virginia. almost none of the teachers participate in Social Security. There's a few scattered districts where they do, but it's the right. same in California right. and some of the other large states. And uh, so I started doing some workshops with that, and boy, we could we could really get a crowd doing those. But uh, again, I, that was about the time where my blog, Social Security Intelligence, was starting to take off. And you know, I was looking at that, and at the time, we were probably getting 
a thousand visitors a day to that website, and I was thinking, well, I'm going to spend three hours away from my family tonight to talk to 40 or 50 people when I I could just devote some more time to this website and speak to many times that amount. And so that's when I kind of decided to go all in with the with the digital content. Now, were you taking clients on at this time, or or are you just saying I'm going all in digital and not taking clients, or or what? Oh yeah, and and we still do take clients. It's, okay. We, we're yeah, it's fairly restrictive. Yeah, okay. uh, but yeah, we certainly were at the time as well. But uh, and and we weren't as restrictive then with with who. But you know, the problem is, which I never, honestly, never foresaw being a problem. Is that as we expanded our reach, yeah, yeah, you know, we had more incoming requests than we thought we would. So we just kind of put our our filter out there and and left it at that. Now, incoming requests on on just questions about Social Security or for clients that or prospects who want to become clients of yours. Well, it was mainly the questions, but there was also yeah. the folks to become clients as well. That happened pretty quickly, though. We started getting so many questions that uh, I reinvented the wheel on how I could help people. I mean, I went all the way around it. At first, I thought, well, I'm going to do a free consultation and then charge for a plan. And then I went back to where I would do a 20-minute phone consultation for, I can't remember how much, $59 or something like that. It just didn't. All of the stuff that just didn't make any sense. Right. And um, even now... We have a version of that which isn't making a whole lot of sense that we're looking at having to reinvent it as well because, on, you know, every day we could have 10 to 20 requests come in. And it's it's just overwhelming. Now, not all of them want to pay. No, but, absolutely. Well, I you know, know I looked at your website on the Q&A and I was like, damn, how do you – like when I, this is probably a year and a half ago, Devin, and I said, I said, how's this guy keeping up with this? Because there's so many incoming questions, and I, at some point, I, I think even said, I, I can't answer all the, I, I can't do it anymore. The all the individual, I can't remember what it was, but he had stayed something like, look, I'm just, I can't, I don't have the time, but that do. But I, I, I mean, I was like stunned how many questions you had answered on the website. I was like, how's this guy doing that? It's nuts. It was, uh, and for free. Crazy. I know. Well, and you know, the, at the heart of it, I know that if I help enough people, I'm going to be fine. You right. know, I've been oh, blessed. I, I have you. a good practice. We, yeah. you know, we 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 make enough money. Uh, always want to make more, but we make enough, you know. And so, I, I'd love to be able to help people, but the problem is, you just there's there's we we have discovered there's no stopping point to no. you know to doing it. And I, I guess it's you know it's like the old story about picking up the jellyfish on the side of the beach and throwing them back in the water. But at the same time, we just finally had to draw a line in the sand and say, this is What's that story? Pick up a jellyfish. Oh, yeah. So it's the, it's the old story about, uh, you know, all these jellyfish that washed up on the beach. And uh, father right. and son's walking down the beach. And the son starts picking up jellyfish and throwing them back in the water. Right. And the, the dad said, son, you're crazy. You can't save all these jellyfish. And he picked one up. And he said, but I can save this one. Do it back in the water. Right. Uh, exactly. it, okay. it felt kind of the same way when I was helping some of these people. with, You know, I couldn't answer all the questions, but right. I could answer some of them. And it was just I, I found it It seemed like I had started to run a bit of a nonprofit. So we just had to draw some lines and yeah, and, uh, and put some barriers up. 
So how, when you said we, I mean, you got a partner with you? Oh, no, well, my, my office manager, which, by the way, is now my wife. No, oh, not now my wife. It sounds like I'm married to my office manager. It's <laughs> not the way it worked out. Right, right. Uh, it went the other way. So I've been married to my wife for 23 years. All right, all right. And she was a nurse. She was a nurse for years, worked in home health, did, did some case management, stuff like that, but had slowed right. down. And I had been through a couple of assistants. That okay. uh, and the last one worked out great. She was fantastic. Right. Right, really right. liked her, but it, it just wasn't the best fit. She knew it, I knew it, and the the it just we just kind of outgrew her. So she said, "You know, Devin, I'm there's there's a job over here I'm going to take." And we were all good with that. So she left. When she left, I came to my wife and I said, "Hey, uh, what would you think about coming <laughs> to work for?" Me? And so she did. And mm-hmm. not only has she loved it, but she has excelled up there and has yeah, been instrumental in allowing me to do the things that I do now and to really grow our presence into what it is now. All right. Uh, I have a sneaky suspicion the wife added a huge value added uh, that would not have happened. Just nothing wrong with you, Devin, but if I know my own wife, of uh, 20 years as of August, and I, I can imagine a lot of similarities there, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah no, there's no question. Yeah, there's no, absolutely. you know, I, no question. I mean, she's not only a partner in marriage, but business as well. And no, we wouldn't be anywhere close to what we are if, if she wouldn't have come in and taken some steps to get me organized. And my clients love her. That's, that's what I was going to say. Who do you think they'd rather talk to you? I think the yeah. obvious there, nothing. So, but let me back up some. All right, so you get out of college, presumably like 98, something like that, 97, something like that, and you start right away into the financial advisory industry oh. working for like a big wirehouse or something like that? Or no, that how wasn't until 2002. Okay, now, gotcha. No, I got out of college, went to a uh, business where I, was, where I was in inside sales initially, then outside sales. Okay. And uh, from there, went to work for a – a little-known firm called Edward Jones. Yeah, I think I've heard it. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> they're a great firm. I got a great start there. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're they're great at certain things for sure. And yeah. uh, you know, it was there where I I, I studied for all of the exams. Uh, well, most of the exams I studied for and passed there. And uh, you know, I spent about eight years there. Okay, all right, uh, knocking on doors, the whole thing. Well, yeah. Not for all eight years, I promise you that. Probably for the first six months. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is no, tough. The, and, uh, you know, the told, funny thing that, is, they, they are still knocking on doors. Yeah, I agree. Which I don't. I, it, you know, I just know how we are. If somebody knocks on a door in yeah. my neighborhood oh, that man. people don't know, there's a neighborhood Facebook group. And, man, that thing will light up. And people will start saying, you know, there's a guy walking around knocking on doors, and everyone will be on high alert. Yep. yep. You know, if any of that stuff would have existed when I was knocking on doors, that would have made it much more difficult, for sure. Well, not only that, but people don't even answer the door anymore. Oh, yeah. They they just look at you, and they go, nope. Uh-uh. Yep. And I got no qualm with that, Jones. They serve a purpose, and I get all that. I got no qualm. No negative on those guys at all. I just don't know how they do it this day and age. That's for sure. Um, 
All right, so then he said, well, I'm going to go off on my own and start my own RIA or something like that, or is that uh, oh. you just said, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this to the next level? Yeah, so going through, you know, if you've, if, if you've ever been in a captive firm where the products that you can offer yeah. are restricted, yeah. and you go through a really bad bear market like we did ah, 2008 and 2009. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you start, especially if you're paying any attention to what's going on in the industry, you start hearing about other opportunities that are out there yeah. and different yeah. avenues where you could have potentially helped your clients. You know, even, you know, at the time, this, this was my thinking. And my thinking has actually evolved even since then. But, you know, so at the time I thought, man, I, I need to look at my options. And so I cracked the door, started looking. And about a year later, I uh, decided to, uh, to make the jump. Now, gotcha. the comp, I was still, uh, a, you know, fully registered representative, you know, affiliated with a broker dealer. So I had my Series Seven, my Series Sixty Three, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. whatever else I had. I got my Series Twenty Four after I came over, so I could be a designated principal. And then, a couple of years into that, that um, I started hearing more about the RIA space. Okay, gotcha. So I uh, went with a got a, a friend of mine that was in the business together, and uh, we formed a a joint RIA. And then um, about three years later, I sold my equity in that RIA. I'm still affiliated with them, and I still do all of that. But uh, I've sold my equity just to allow me to fully concentrate on the online space and my clients in the investment management yeah, okay. planning side. I wanted to have a sole focus. I didn't want to have any compliance duties and oversight of other advisors and all of that nonsense anymore. I was tired of that. Oh, man, no doubt. And so now it's just you and the uh, your better half, essentially, running the show. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. We still have, uh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, our, uh, you know, here on site, that is it. Yeah, it's just the two okay. of us. Okay. And we have and Texarkana. You know, that's where you're right. at. Uh, Texarkana, Texas. Born and raised. Oh and no. Your wife? Oh no, no. Uh, she's oh, uh, yeah. So she is. She is from this area. My dad was in the gas pipeline business, and uh, ah, so well, we moved moved all over the place. But we settled in Texarkana, and we've um, we moved away briefly, and then moved back here when I started with Edward Jones. We were away from family and. Wanted to be back close to family, so we moved back here to kind of be around them as I started my uh, Edward Jones business. And then, uh, you know, just once you put down roots somewhere, you're yeah. kind of, uh, I don't want to say stuck, because I, I like Texarkana, but uh, I oh, go to other places. You got kids? And tough I think, to move, man. man. Oh, yeah. Because you got, what, two, three kids? How many kids you got? I have three. I have yeah, three. So yeah, tough to, we have Ethan that's 19. To... He's okay. um, he just finished his second year of college, and has uh, for now decided he wants to be a firefighter. Now I think some of that has to do with with a young lady. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and a potential faster route to a job. <laughs> but uh, that's fine. You know, it with the job market that we have today. 
you know, if he would have finished up his communications degree that he was doing, which he, he got his associate's degree, so he came out, so he certainly has something to put on a resume. But if he would have right. finished up communications and then looked for a job, you know, it's what I was telling him. He said, I'm not sure that you can make more in another job than you can make as a firefighter, so go for it. Not only that, you're going to have plenty yeah. of time for a side hustle. He's a fairly entrepreneurial guy himself, and so he'll have plenty of time to chase those side pursuits. Uh, and retire he, uh, at 50 with full pension. He can do another the third side hustle when he's 50 years old with his pension. You see what I'm saying? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Take care of me, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a 14-year-old daughter, Lauren, mm-hmm. and uh have an 8-year-old daughter, Hannah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've got, uh, we've got five years in between them and a uh, full house for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, once you... Once you have the kids, you don't just up and leave. I mean, we've done that a couple of times, but we haven't done it for six years. And once once the kids start really, you know how it is. I mean, you don't just say, you know, I've always wanted to move to Austin or something like that. It's just this, this old, once the kids are in school, I'm not going to say you're stuck, but you know how it is, man. You're you're stuck until, you know, the, the young'uns are, uh, are are out of the house. If you if, if And I hate to say stuck. You might say that. I don't know. But that's the way it is for us. We're like, man. We settled in Atlanta six years ago, and uh, my youngest is going into sixth grade next year. So for us, we're here for at least another eight years, if not longer, because we like it. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not. Uh, is it the best place ever? No. Is it the worst place ever? No. But it's, uh, it's absolutely, absolutely could not be happier. Uh, just laying down roots and getting to know people. Uh, our thing is we're not close to family. That's the thing. We don't have any family around. So that is some of a of a issue. But you and I have had this conversation on YouTube before. So <laughs> let me tell you what the simple fix for your problem is. Yeah. It's yeah. an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard fix. those things. Yeah, I heard those things called airplanes. They're not even that expensive anymore, is my understanding. <laughs> oh, no, they're not. They're not at all. You know, it's uh, <clears throat> some of the people see me on YouTube, and they they uh, people form opinions about me, and what they don't know is, you know, I'm a <clears throat> I'm a country boy at heart, and when I was a kid at my grandmother's house in Pioneer, Louisiana, they were cotton farmers. Yeah. I used to love being there. When the crop dusters would come around. Oh, yeah. I used to love to watch these crop dusters, and I thought it was, and to this day, I'll still pull over on the side of the road to watch these guys work. Oh, man, that's funny. Right on. Yeah. When I was a kid, the crop duster Mm -hmm. that that hit the area around there, he had an old biplane uh, or a bi-wing crop duster. Man, he would come, and she had a set of power lines right in front of her house and a big, tall <laughs> row of pine trees, and he would just come screaming down there like a fighter yeah. pilot, and hey. I watched that, and it, it put an aviation bug in me that I'm just now, at 43 years old, getting able to scratch a little bit, but really, uh, all right, all right. it is opening up the world a bit, for sure. No, man, so are you taking the lessons right now or something like that? I am. I'm just about finished. And uh, then we'll see where that takes me. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it certainly opens up the world quite a bit. Man, Devin, I, we used to live in Phoenix a long time ago in the late 90s. And uh, I had a, we had a friend, and uh, he was a pilot, just, you know, taking his lessons. But he was pilot well enough where he could fly on his own without, you know, anyway. 
And he said, hey, you want to go to Ajo? I was like, huh? Wait, what? He goes, yeah, I got the plane just by to Ajo. And we go eat some lunch and come back. I said, okay. I mean, and Ajo is like, you know, way, you know, it's like, I don't know. I can't remember. But you can't drive to Ajo, just go get lunch. But we did. We just hopped in this plane, flew to Ajo, and came back. And got, I was like, this is flipping awesome, man. It's just, it was it was awesome. I mean, that's probably like, you know, four hours away from driving or something like that. And, you know, it took us, I don't know, 30 minutes to get there by plane. Parked the plane, walked around town, got some lunch, and hopped on back. It was, it was awesome. So, yeah, you know, I get that, dude. Um, when you start getting that flying bug and you start flying around, just you and the others, you know, the better half, just say, yeah, let's fly up the freaking go see a baseball game in Oklahoma City or something like that. I don't know. I mean, how cool is that? Oh, it is. It's crazy. It's, uh, you know, we... Years ago, <clears throat> we bought some vacation property. We were looking at rental property versus vacation property, and for whatever reason, we decided to go with a vacation property that we could rent out. Yeah. It's six hours away. Yeah. Car. But by plane, it's right at about an hour. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and that's on each side. So six hours away... I- times two you see what i'm saying it's so it's two hours of flying versus 12 hours of driving oh can't make there's no uh no getting around that all right so all right so then you start diving into social security you're getting inundated with folks wanting to freestyle i get all that you know i I get all that and they said you know i like the idea of being able to expand my horizon by offering website you know for digital but then at some point you said let me try this youtube thing how'd that shake out well actually what a lot of people don't know thankfully is that it went the other way it was flip-flop i started youtube first and then the blog but let me tell you josh it was so horrible that i've since deleted all those videos (laughs) Okay, okay. I went to a conference, and there was a guy there. Actually, he is also a resident of Atlanta, Georgia. His name's Bill Winterberg. Hey, Bill. Bill. I, I mean, I, you know, I've talked to him. I don't, I've never formally met him, but, you know, I'm familiar with Bill. Absolutely, good guy. And at the time, this was back to, I don't know when, 2013, 14, maybe. Yeah. He was saying that video is, you know, the way of the future. And, man, I came yeah. home. And I don't know how much money I spent. I bought a big tripod, a camera, lights, and I got me a green screen. <laughs> and I went to town recording. Suit, tie, the whole nine yards. Amen. Understood. And uh, I don't know. It, 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 the, my, my video was horrible. My audio was horrible. Everything was awful. And um, after about... Three or four videos, I said, forget this. I'm not recording videos so four people can watch it. Yeah, right, and, right, uh, right. Walk away, and I, I started focusing on the blog, Social Security Intelligence. Well, one of those videos sat on there and started getting some views. <laughs> and then I, I started getting some subscribers, and I didn't really look at it. Until the end of 2017. Well, kidding, really? So, and I, I pulled it up, and I was like, with those awful videos on here, I've, I've got almost 400 subscribers. How did this happen? These are horrible. I wonder what would happen if I really tried. Right. right. So, 
by that time, I may have been getting a little bit tired of just the straight blog anyway. And so I get out my old trusty cell phone. At the time, it was a Samsung Galaxy something. I can't remember what it was. And a lapel mic I could plug into it. Yeah, and yeah. I sat down and started recording. Again, the quality was awful. Now, some of these videos are still on my channel. I would beg people to not go search them out just for the sake of seeing how, <laughs> how awful they are. But they, they are still there, and they are pretty bad. But those videos, for whatever reason, started, started catching a little traction. And when they did, I, I again discovered that there was an appetite for this information that may be a little mm. bigger than what I thought. And so I kind of doubled down on it and, uh, you know, got a little better equipment where I could improve my audio and video signals. And that's, uh, that's kind of where we are. And, uh, I mean, and what, you got like 50,000 or something like that subscribers now? Yep, we have. We so, so we grew from from January one of two thousand eighteen. We were at four hundred right. and something exactly. subscribers, and uh, yesterday we we were at fifty seven thousand, and we're projecting we're going to be at a hundred thousand by the end of the year. That's I mean, <laughs> and the thing is, and this is what always attracted me about you is that you know, there are a lot of social security videos, but not in the same way you do it. If that makes sense, and I, that's what. Uh, that's why I always thought was, was, was fun about you. There's other folks in other niches, like, you know, search engine optimization. I saw this guy named Miles Beckler. And because there's tons of guys who do that. But, yeah, oh, yeah. So some of these guys just do it, for, at least for me, right. And you were the guy on Social Security. I said, I could never understand half this crap. And somehow this guy is doing it where I said, oh, GPO. Now I get it. Like, I was always mixing up WEP and GPO. And for some reason, after me watching your video. And, Devin, mind you, I not only have a CFP. I have a master's degree in financial planning and have been in the business since 1998. And it was only in the last two years or so, which I started really understanding social security. I mean, I knew enough, don't get me wrong. I probably knew more than, you know, the good majority of people when it comes to spousal survivor benefits, whatnot, but the various other stuff that's in there too. Uh, I didn't know. I mean, again, weapon GPL, I would have not known, you know what I'm saying? And Anyway, and, and that's not it's not my fault, not your fault, it's not the industry's fault. It's just Social Security in of itself has never played a big role in the financial planning arena. And uh, and actually, the interesting thing is, so then I find you, I said, no one else is doing it like this guy. It's nuts. And I actually mimicked it. I said, well, hell, I like this. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I, you know, I have my own way of doing it. You got your, and that's all good. But I said, I don't think people can get enough because some people are going to learn differently from other people. That makes sense. So I said, I'm just, this guy's kicking butt, taking names. I love it. I just started building. Oh, thank not, you. That's, I, mean, uh, that's, uh, I, I enjoy the flattery. <laughs> but, well, I mean, you know, uh, the only people that seem to talk about Social Security are they just talk about the base, the most basic stuff or life insurance salesmen. And I said, but there's so much more. If you start looking at this um, in a different capacity, it can really change someone's retirement plan if they look at it differently than just the kind of cut dried. And uh, I tell you, man, it's been a big deal. I mean, you know, you, this guy Miles, have been influenced not only on my knowledge, but my my professional career as my own YouTuber. And I uh, I just can't appreciate it enough. And I, I just, I love it. And not just that, the idea that some dude in Texarkana and Miles is in Sedona, Arizona, and here I am in North Georgia. Uh, you know, we can, it's just, it's, it's amazing to me 
the change, like you said, going back to newspaper ads to what is that now? I just, I find it, I, I just, I'm, it's inc- I'm incredulous about how awesome uh, the industry is changing and how quickly, too, as a matter of fact. Well, let me tell you how awesome it is. When yeah. I first started, we talked about this back at the beginning of the call. When I yeah. first started with Edward Jones, I had to knock on doors. Right. And then once I finished that, I had to make phone calls in the office. Yeah. <laughs> Their requirement of me was that I have 25 phone calls per day. Yeah. All right? And that doesn't sound like too much now. But maybe it was 25 conversations per day, and to get uh, there, I would have to make 100 yeah. phone calls or something like yeah. that. It was yeah, some number. Yeah, <clears throat> think, yeah. Yep. So if I look at those numbers, and frankly, those seem difficult at the time to attain. When, they when were, Devin. Well, then the trenches doing that. It seemed very hard. Exactly. Yeah. But now when I look at how many people I talk to per day, and, and the way technology has changed this so much. You know, if I went on the corner <laughs> of Times Square right. and I handed out business cards to every person that walked by, every person I could get one in the hands of, I don't think I could still reach as many people on the corner of Times Square as I'm reaching through technology today. No. Oh. It's somewhere around twenty to twenty-five thousand people per day that's consuming something I've recorded or something I've written, and that's how fast. I mean, technology has just completely changed everything. It's There's no way to duplicate that yeah. otherwise. So that leads to a question, though. I mean, so a couple of things. Why are not more, and look, I mean, the market, why are not more financial advisors doing it? And uh, there's a lady named Liz Hand, and I think she's on our Facebook page. And uh, and I interviewed her last year, and I said, I wish you'd do more. And she goes, I just can't. Everything I do, the compl- I can't have comments on there, it's compliance and all that. And I said, and she's a broker dealer, she's not an RIA, so I think that's why. But it's like, I don't think the industry is hurt, is doing ourselves any favor by, sheltering uh, the clients from getting access to technology, the information that can be consumed via technology. I, it boggles my mind, actually, Devin, that we are not the good guys in the industry, in which I'll throw myself in and you in, and others, the Liz Hands of the world, are being handcuffed uh, by taking advantage of it and offering good ideas to people who need it. I, I don't get it. Any thoughts on that? It's, it actually is a very, very pet peeve of mine. No, I think it is unfortunate that regulations in general tend to stymie growth because they move so far behind advances, so far behind innovations that you can't get the regulations rewritten fast enough to keep up with them. Um, You know, if if you're with a broker-dealer, anything that you put out like that has to be pre-approved. Yeah, yeah. And usually that process at most of these broker-dealers is going to take somewhere around a week. Yep, yep, exactly. And if we're waiting that long, now for some information that's going to be fine, but if you're having to wait that long for information to come out, it's usually just not valid anymore. 
Yeah, exactly. Gives the folks like you and I that are just registered investment advisors or in, you know yeah. uh, representatives of those RIAs. It gives us a clear advantage in that as long Absolutely. as we're not making promissory language, yep. um, you know we can we can get out there a little faster with this information. But man, I think it's that way. With I, I'm dealing with another government agency, you know, now with the. Federal Aviation Administration, and, and frankly, Josh, they're the same way as uh. the Security Exchange Commission. They're way behind, uh. still testing you on topics that are no longer relevant. Um, just about every other federal agency that I've come across has been the same way. Yeah, well, it's, uh, well Social Security Administration too, right? I mean, they, I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, just on the, the fact that they, yeah, on the survivor benefits and what there are, just the whole thing is nuts. And I, it's, uh, it's, which is scary though, Devin, because these are the, the regulatory agencies that are there to protect, and yet what they're doing is they're stymieing. And Mrs. Grandma, who uh, is a new widow, she goes down to SSA, assuming she's going to be told the correct information. You just can't make those assumptions anymore, man. And I'm not saying anything negative on the SSA. I'm just saying it's a big bureaucracy, and you're dealing with folks who may or may not have any clue what they're talking about. It's no different talking to the IRS. It's uh, it's scary. Yeah, you know, one of my clients who <clears throat> passed away a couple of years ago spent her entire career at the Social Security Administration as a claims representative. Oh, she told me that when she first started. They gave her thick binders of information, and she had to go to a right. special class. And unless they passed these tests, they could not even work there. So their uh, employment would be terminated unless they passed these tests. She said, if you contrast that to today, new employees come in, they're put in the break room in front of a DVD series. Right. <laughs> That's their training today. It's yeah. too complex of a program to yeah. to be able to learn in just a, a, a real short period. And unfortunately, a lot of these technicians are just, they're they're not prepared to deal yeah. with real world circumstances. The problem with it is though, is that they believe they are the, the authority and expert in many cases, and yeah. they will not say the words, I'm not sure. That's the man that's, that, oh. They'll give you an opinion, whether it's right or wrong. Hey, what's that next level? You talk about in your videos a lot. There's a name for the, not the first agent you talk to, but the person behind them who knows what the hell they're talking about. What's those? What's the title of that person called again? That's a, a technical expert. Technical expert. Okay, so yeah. anyone can get access to a technical expert if they're if, if they're not convinced that the first person doesn't know what they're talking about? Is that, I mean, I don't, how does it work in terms of... Yeah, well, you can find out whoever that, you could find out that they're, you know, how many technical experts are there, what are their names, and then you can okay. ask for them specifically. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, and those ask. people, Devin, in your experience, they know the real ins and outs of Social Security more. So that, I, it sounds like I'm bashing the front level people. I don't mean to be, but Look, I've had enough experience to say, look, you, you just can't, you can't just rely on what you're told from the front level person. Um, but the technical experts, you're pretty uh, comfortable that those people know pretty much what they're talking about. Yeah, they would be the ones that, 
Yeah, I mean, if, if they told me I was wrong, they would make me go back and, and check the regulations personally, you know. Okay. I would have to, okay. uh, it would give me pause. Now, if okay. the claims okay. told it. me I was wrong, I would, wouldn't believe them. But most of the technical experts really know their stuff. Okay, okay. Um, I've had a couple of occasions where they, they didn't understand all of the, the nuance of a case, but most of them, most of them really do get it. Hey, uh, Davis, let me ask you a question. So uh, we get, I get it, you get it. Um, you know, everyone says I'm going to file for 62 because, you know, I want to make sure it's there and I got to get my, it's only, if people actually get angry. It's weird. I've, and I've, it's, it's odd that people get like really upset if you say, yeah, might want to wait till your full retirement age or something like that. Um, I, it's just weird, man. I, I don't get the, the hostility about the anti-government stuff, like, oh, they're going to steal your money and all this. And I've watched, you know, obviously your videos, and I read the comments, like, what is it? What? what I, I, look, I'm Republican. I, you know, I get, I'm not, I don't have any problem admitting that, but the idea that the government is going to take away Social Security, I just don't understand. And I just, there's like some real, not warranted hostility towards the program. I, I literally don't understand it. And it's, uh, I mean, you don't have to say your politics or anything, but what is, where does this come from? It's nuts, I think. You don't say it. Oh, no, and I don't mind saying it at all. I, I absolutely lean more towards the conservative side. Right. I, I, in, in, uh, in, in almost all of the areas, but, you know, just as a side note there, they, the, the conservatives certainly aren't doing themselves any favors by not being the one coming out with any Social Security proposals to fix the problem. Yep. One hundred percent agree there. Yep. Uh, with a few proposals, at least, it seems like it's the other side that's coming out with this stuff. Yep. Always I think, is. You know, there's there's some psychology behind a general distrust of the government, where it it uh, it makes people feel a little bit more in control if there are some conspiracy theories and things like that 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 they can latch onto and believe. And I think a lot of that is what we see when we are looking at the um, comments in my channel there's a uh, there's some amusing comments and at first i'll have to be honest it really hurt my feelings i was like man that... but it took about two weeks it took about two weeks and i realized hey listen if you're going to do this youtube thing uh right. you better toughen it up and then i just realized yeah. oh this is just the name of the game in youtube yeah it cool. really is and now mm. we will literally sit around in the evening sometimes and i'll read some of the nasty comments <laughs> Uh, not the stuff with any profanity and stuff in it. Right, Some right, of the right, people yeah. are personally attacking me. Like the other day, a guy said that I need to exercise more than my mouth. And I thought, <laughs> this is good. This is too good. And and that was one of the ones that actually made it to uh, oh, to my little goodness. family group that night. I said, y'all listen to this. And, and we always have a big laugh. Right, but right, I think, it, you know, it's not only taught me about having a tough skin, but uh, I do think that we're able to use it as an opportunity to show even my kids how you can thrive right in the middle of criticism. That uh, there's a lot of people on YouTube that that would just profess to hate me, and let me tell you, there's a lot of comments that don't make it on my channel because yeah, no. they serve no point. I, it's crazy. I, I literally sit there and I say, I don't get it. I, I, I just it's weird to me, but. The thing about, I mean, look, people hate people for uh, for a sense of dominant and kind of stupid, and I just delete those. But the issues when it comes to Social Security, it's like, I don't get it. No one has this level of hostility towards Medicare. 
No one has this level of hostility towards whatever the other banks uh, a little bit, man. But not, it's like Social Security is the one thing that I, I just it boggles the mind, man. I'm sitting there, look, if you want to take that 62, I don't give a crap, do it. But <laughs> no, I think that the politicians have fueled those fires a bit, though. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, they they have, you know, they. <laughs> Some of those people who think they are making very astute comments are actually being led astray by some politicians who may be a little smarter than they are. Uh, I, I've never thought about it like that, though. That's no, right on. I think I never thought they they are being. Yeah, no, I, that's actually a good observation. Uh, they're, they're they're think they're helping when they're actually okay. No, no, keep going. I interrupt you. Absolutely, they're they're they are being manipulated and uh, and manipulated. Yep. agenda. You can abs. I mean, let's look at the last election that we had, and let's look at just probably what every election will be in the future. Yep. What What is it that makes people vote now? Fear. Fear. Fear yeah, makes no, people right. vote. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Fear is what drives people to do most things, including click on videos. Yep. Fear <laughs> is what drives everything now, and I don't know if we'll ever get away from that or not. I assume that. At some point, things will change. But for now, that's the one emotion that people know they can get a response with. Yeah. And we see politics on both sides in the last election. We saw fear yeah. being the main driver. And Social Security is an easy button to to get some fear going. Even well, though it doesn't make sense. Uh... Well, that's the the old you know clickbait. I hate to say it, but if you want you know uh, people to click on your video, you gotta you gotta challenge them emotionally. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You can't have a video title said, "Oh, it's all good. Don't don't worry. No one's gonna click on that." I mean, it's uh, I mean, it's too bad. I mean, the old journalism what I want if it if it bleeds, it leads. I mean that 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 hasn't changed. It's, I mean, it's not Trump or Hillary or whatever. It's always been like that, but. The level of animosity. Um, all right, so let me ask you a couple of questions because I know um, I just look at my phone. I want to make sure I don't get cut off. All right, so you did a video that I thought was, in my opinion, was the best video on the Social Security solvency uh, that's ever been uh, in terms of the trustees report and analyzing a four and a half, five and a half, six and a half, and all that stuff. And the thing that pisses me off, far my French, is all these people say Social Security is not going to be there. And I feel like I'm a. Uh, I don't know what I'm just yelling, you know, screaming at clouds or whatever. It's, it's going to be there. And we don't know what it's going to be, but the idea, Devin, that there are so many people that are not planning on any social security, I just, I can't, that drives me insane. So what do you say when people say, ah, oh, it's not even going to be there? Josh, frankly, it depends. It depends on a few factors. Um, while I do think Social Security as a system is going to be here, right, I right. also have to wonder, is it going to be here for all of us? Now, I, I know there are those who took issue with the video I made called Social Security is Not Guaranteed. Here was the premise yeah, no, of that right. video. The, the premise was is that there are Supreme Court cases where, in their opinions, they have said that, listen, we have no contractual obligation to pay you Social Security. Which yeah. means that they can turn it on and off for different people. Now, who would they turn it off and on for? Well, I think that we could be moving into a time where, and again, I don't think this is going to affect any current retirees or anyone that's even getting close to retirement. 
There's no right, politician right. in their right mind who would touch that. But psychology will tell us that you can do something that has an effect more than 10 years away and people won't really mind. Yeah, because it's well, 10 years cool. away or it's 15 years away. But we have to look at the solvency of the Social Security Trust Fund and understand that there's potentially going to be some gaps in between what's coming in and the benefits that need to go out. Yeah. And I think that all it's going to take is a Democratic president, Senate, and Congress, and maybe not even all three of those. Yeah. For us to introduce some means testing back to Social yeah, Security. Yeah, no, I, I, I now, absolutely think that's coming down the pike. Sure. And if we get means testing back to Social Security, you know, I do think that the system, I don't know where that number is. But I do think that at a certain income level, it cuts off. And here's why I think this could be one of the easiest. And I'm getting ready to do a video on this, too. I think it could be one of the easiest fixes for Social Security. By the way, it's one I don't like at all. I think if we're paying in, you know, as self-employed individuals, you and I, we're paying in 15.3% wages up to the first $132,900 in wages. I mean, it's a lot of money that we're paying in, and we're doing so in hopes of getting this future benefit. Yep, yep. But right now, if you file before full retirement age, there is a limit on the amount of money that you can make. It's the earnings limit. The infrastructure is already in place for means testing. So for those who say means testing would be too expensive, it doesn't work, look at the Medicaid system, look at the other welfare programs, it, it, the, the cost for keeping up with means testing exceeds the benefit that you would gain from means testing. That's nonsense. They already have the infrastructure in place. It's there through the earnings limit. When the Social Security Absolutely. program was first began, there was an earnings limit of $0. You could not have any outside income oh. and your Social Security benefit. It, really? You could not make Zero. any money at all and receive a Social Security benefit back then? You couldn't. Not when it first came out. Oh, now, that was right. quickly modified. Uh, and well, so it was modified to I mean, groups. Yeah. Uh, and then the self-employed individuals. It, and it all rolled out differently. And then the current earnings limit, as we know it, by about 1950, 1960, came into place. But I can promise you this. If you're 63 years old and you file for Social Security and you're still working, they will know about it very quickly and will stop your benefit. That's the they, means test. It's already implemented. I mean, it's already test. there. All they have to do is extend it beyond full retirement age. That's uh, now that's kind of frightening. I'm not going to lie to you there. All right, so I'm I was thinking more towards the uh, you know Jane and John you know making fifty thousand a year whatever you know what I'm saying. But then you start thinking of, of us self-employed and have to stroke that check for a seven point six five twice, uh, and then saying hey there buddy you know what I'm saying you're sixty three sixty six sixty eight whatever you know you're still making uh, self-employed whatever I mean they can do whatever they want. And, but they'll never do it right now either. So the guy who signs in the in the you know Bernie or whoever it is, he'll never be around to face the consequence of his action. Um, 
and I, there would be enough squishy Republicans to go along in the Senate. Let's just use that for an example, because you know they'll they'll throw some bone to them to make it seem like it's. Uh, yeah, I've been down this road so many times, but anyway, that's interesting. Now that won't solve uh, that won't replace the solvency of just regular average Joe schmo, but in terms of means testing on a pretty significant group of people who unfortunately are still going to be a vast minority, so their voting power. Yeah, uh, will be quickly liquidated by the 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 masses. Yeah, I could easily. Yeah, I I could easily see that, Devin. Easily see that. That is the concern. Not a solution I like at all, but it is. And again, I don't know where that number is. You know, right now we know where the earnings limit number is. You know, at you know if you're below full retirement age, there's a couple of different ones. But I'm I'm assuming that your earnings limit could be even slightly higher. Beyond yeah, no, right. Thirty-five thousand. No, absolutely. They'll say, "Hey, Devin, you're making thirty-five thousand. We're going to take basically all of your social security until four retirement age. At that point, seventy or something like that. You see what I'm saying? So I could, so I could easily see that. And then, of course, when that doesn't work like they anticipated, they'll just keep going back to the uh, back. They'll just keep fixing it. So, quote unquote, I could easily see that. Um, yeah, I, actually, I'm surprised. So, so many people got upset by it. Well, not upset, but your thing on social security. Not being guaranteed because in, in, inherently it's not guaranteed. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> the, the government can do whatever the hell they want to do. There's nothing right. guaranteed in this world. I mean, come on. I, I, why would that be? It, it, it goes back to the point of of the you know the politicians screaming yes. and yes. and I've seen them. You know, this is an earned benefit, or you have a right, right. to these payments. Right. You paid into this your entire. No, none of that actually exists. Right. Exactly. Uh, so if yeah. in the future they decided to turn this into a benefit for lower income retirees, they could. Because we don't have a contractual right. Our taxes that we are paying in now do not purchase us a guarantee for the future. No. I mean, it's literally a Ponzi scheme in that regard. That, I mean, it is what it is. Like we're paying for future benefits for sure. Um, and to say that doesn't mean I'm anti-social security, but I mean, come on. <laughs> you know well, you're right. You're I'm right. 49. By definition, it certainly is. Exactly. I mean, I mean, literally by definition, it is a Ponzi scheme. To say that doesn't mean you hate the program. It just means it is what it is. Right. There's not enough there are people in prison right now right. doing the same thing that social security does. Right. <laughs> exactly. And yet, and yet we. Uh, all right, man, I'm up against my hours. So, hey, tell people how they can get a hold. Now, you're still taking clients and everything, correct? I mean, if, you know, what, uh, give us a you know, little thing on what you're looking for. If you look for anybody, I know you're looking, you only have, there's only so many Devons and Devons' wife who's running the office, but are you you're still open to taking clients? You're still managing money? Just tell us a little bit about what uh, your business so people want. I, I don't manage money, Devin. I literally have no desire to do that. Uh, so, if people want to, to chat with you about that, how do they? Oh, yeah. Well, you can find out everything you need to know about me at devoncarroll.com. And uh, there's actually a contact page right there where you can for that and get in touch with me if you need to. But there's also links out to my books and uh, my YouTube channel, my podcast, my my blog. All of that's going to be right there. We got to, I didn't even ask you about your book and we're going to run up. So we'll do this again in a few months. I do want to just dive into that book because I did a video on that. That uh, I said, everyone's got to get that book. I mean, literally, everyone needs their book on the was it nine Social Security basics or something? I forgot. It what, yeah, it's what very simple. Yep, not meant to be a deep dive, but it does cover the stuff nope. that people need to know. Absolutely, and if they're not look getting that book, um, well, then they should watch your channel. I mean, it's just the other way. There's no. Excuse 
excuse in this day and age for someone who's contemplating Social Security for being ignorant about the program. That doesn't need, mean they need to know Devin Carroll level of uh, sophistication of it, but, man, they need to know how it affects them, man. So, Devin, my pleasure, brother. I appreciate it. Thank Thanks you for, for inviting me. me to your Facebook uh, page there. I'll, uh, I'll finish this up, and I'll send you a link. And, uh, man, I appreciate it. Just keep doing the good fight the good fight, would you, man? Excellent. Thanks, Josh. Hey, thanks, Devin. Have a good weekend, sir. Thank you, man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.